You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is time for us. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is top 100 teacher Jeff Smith down at uh, Bonita Bay. Yes. Florida. Florida. Having a good time down there, man. So, I mean, the weather's turning good. It's unless you're up in the Northeast, anywhere between what do they say, West Virginia and Maine, you're getting uh-huh. inundated with snow earlier in the week. I hope it, uh, it, it, didn't last too long for you. I know your buddies up in New York had uh, a lot of snow earlier part of the of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday. They did. And it's hard to play golf in snow, man. No matter what color the balls are you're using. It's, yeah. It's right. not it's not fun. Man, I was I was just telling you, you know, prior to starting, we just uh, had a conversation for another podcast I'm uh, associated with. We we're talking with Louis Aguiar. He was the uh, he was a, a punter for ten years in the NFL. He played with the Jets and with Green Bay, and uh, spent five years with the Chiefs. And that's that's like his team. He he considers himself a, a once and forever Kansas City Chief. And in that's light really of cool. what they did uh, last week, I think you know if I ever played, <laughs> if I walked in the in the locker room one time with the Chiefs, I'd consider myself a once and forever Kansas city chief, but uh, he was also an avid golfer. And we were asking him about the most embarrassing golf shot because he plays in a lot of charity tournaments as, as many retired athletes do. And one of the things, and, and if you've ever played in any of those charity tournaments and played, paid good money to play with a, a former athlete, I'm sure you too have gotten to the point where you expect them to be good. Because they're professional athletes. Yeah. Uh, Well, this is the the thing, right? Is they're professional athletes in their sport. Yeah. But yet they possess so much athleticism that a lot of it we always feel like should transfer over. And with many, it does. In terms of the, you know, like the people that are the hand-eye coordination folks, like pitchers and baseball and Mm -hmm. hitters and hockey players. Tennis right? players, and quarterbacks, and people with good hands like receivers, yeah, in football, right? We always expect that those athletes should be able to transfer skills, and for the most part, they can. But the the guys that are involved in you know hitting violent sport things that are just like using an awful lot of grunting, thrusting motion, you know, <laughs> linebackers and defensive backs and people that are used to just smashing, you know, it's, it's tough to get them to have the delicate touch around the greens. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's, yeah, that's it. Well, he, he used the same line that I used to use a lot of times because we asked him, you know, how, cause he's getting up in age. He's 57 now. And asked him if he was, you know, finding any loss of distance. And he said, you know, when I was younger and I started playing this game, I could hit it three, three twenty off the tee. Right. He said, now I'm like two sixty, two seventy. And then he started talking some more. And I said, so what you're telling me is that two sixty, two seventy is actually two straight and then seventy to the right, right? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, okay, you caught me. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
He said he never he never screams four. He screams eight because he's two fairways over. <laughs> you know, but the, the whole idea of this game is to have fun. I mean, that's and, unless you're you're one of Jeff's high school students intent on building yourself a college career or or maybe even beyond college going pro when that's over, then you're doing it for serious. It's serious stuff with you. It, with it, it, most it, of us, it's not. It's just, let's go out, play as well as we can. Yeah, take lessons because it's more fun if you play well. But the idea is to have fun, not to be the best guy in the world. Well, you know, there's those people that there's a bunch of them that are blending them. It's still a challenge. Like go to the athletes, right? The the former ones, like we we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. They don't just have fun, right? Everything is a challenge to them. Right. If they were a high level athlete in their sport, they're not just going to all of a sudden go, well, I'm retired and geez, I'll just have some fun now (laughs) and I'll go out and think it's okay to be just chipping it around and having a good time and yucking it up with the buddies. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Yeah. They are competitive athletes and they will treat every shot that way. They'll compete with their buddies. They'll compete with athletes who are golfers Mm -hmm. because their Mm -hmm. mindset is still the same. They're not playing in their chosen sport anymore. They're switched it over to golf. It doesn't matter about the injuries that they've sustained. It can't change their competitive nature. They're not just going to go, hey, John, let's go out, have an adult beverage or 10, and let's go play golf and enjoy what we do. No, they're they're still fierce competitors. They'll they'll gamble. They'll they'll bet on themselves when they know that they don't have the skill, they'll bet anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just got to know. Yeah. That they they don't turn that off. They don't just put that on a shelf and say, "Yeah, that was just part of my former life." They don't. And we'll watch, I mean, you prove that just watch the the last couple of years of, of the match. Sure. You know, where they had, uh, what was it, Josh Allen and uh, Tom Brady and. Sure. You know, Peyton those Manning guys. and all yeah. that. Oh, I mean, yeah. they have fun. They joke and they, they trash talk. Yeah, right. But they're serious about. But they're serious about, about winning. Yeah. Right. And they're not shy about doing it in front of people because that's their arena. Right. Yeah. They're used to that. They've, they've made fools of themselves in front of people many times. So It's know. just, that's how it goes. Yep. Right. They're there to put it on the line. So, you know, the, the athletes, they are the, the ones I love working with them because I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get somebody who is coachable, Mm -hmm. immediately coachable because they have been coached in their life. And the ones who always make it to the top, they want to be coached. They want someone to tell them that this way works and that way doesn't, and they right. better do it the way that works. Yeah. They want that. They want to be told the truth. They're not interested in just being an okay golfer. 
they want to be told the truth on how to become better every yeah. moment. No and matter I, how good they get, they still want to be better. I, I think the the operative consideration right there is, like you say, coachable. Not only coachable, but eminently coachable, but desiring, in fact, insisting upon coaching. Yeah. Not trying to pick it up through osmosis, not trying to figure it out, not trying to reinvent the wheel. They will go to a top 100 teacher. They'll go to a, a you know, director of instruction at the, the club they belong to. That, and, that's what they will do. They will yep. find out who the, the good teachers are and they will seek them out. Yep. And that basically is- insist on, on being taught how to do it to their own satisfaction. Yeah. So we, on the other hand, may have issues that prevent us from doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be time or money or ego. Yeah. You know, I, I've played golf with people who have never most, taken the lesson and are proud of it. There's there's a lot of people who won't come to a teacher from ego or fear. So in the same, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of people don't want to be taught by someone who has taught people to do things at a higher level. They, they, they have a fear that they're going to have to change something, even though they know they're going to have to change something. They're always afraid that it's going to be a complete revamping of anything. And so they fear that. Yeah. Especially the better players. You know, the ones who get to a pretty decent level of game, let's call them a an eight handicap or better. They fear teachers. Even though they have been taught, they fear seeking out someone who says, you have to do it a different way. Instead of finding out if the way that they can do it can just be enhanced. Yeah. They're so afraid. afraid of that. Afraid because they that, don't want to get worse. Yeah. They I was going to be afraid that, that what not, they've gotten to yeah. is going to be torn down. That's right. And then rebuilt. And, you know, when you get to a single digit, for the most part, you don't want to have to start over again. If that is indeed what you are afraid of. Um, but then I, I would think that the, the modern day, approach to teaching and coaching this sport is more like you say, taking what you do and improving upon it rather than telling you there's only one way and you have to change and do it my way. We've got uh, another minute. Sorry. I panicked. Yeah. <laughs> you panicked. <laughs> oh no. We're, We're, out out of We're out of time. Oh no. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, someday I'm going to learn how to read a clock. Do you ever think of what's going to happen to the future when this generation grows up and some of them become fighter pilots and somebody says, you know, you know, bogey at six o'clock? They're not going to know where to look. No, they're not going to want to know where to look. Because they've never seen a clock face. No, that's right. They don't. 
They'll, they'll, look, if they're golfers, they'll like bogey at six o'clock. What? I made bogey on hole number six? On five. What are you talking about? Oh, man. Uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to have fun with this game, even if you're intent on being as good as you can possibly be. And we're going to explore them. Uh, some of the games you can play, some of the things you can do when we come right back. Hang out. We're on those weekend golf guys. Man, you know, sometimes it can feel like we're a little too busy to take care of our own health problems. You know, so much going on, we don't want to spend any of our free time waiting around in a doctor's office and long pharmacy lines. Well, now you don't have to with Hims. Hims HIMS is changing men's health care by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process, 100% online, and you can get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. If it's prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting room, no pharmacy visits. So start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash golfguys. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash golfguys for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash golfguys. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash golfguys for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Prices vary based on product and subscription plan. We are back, and I, sh- I guarantee I'm going to have the clock in front of me, and I'm going to read it correctly this time. Uh, I'm John Ashton. He is Top 100 Teacher Jeff Smith. We are those weekend golf guys, and we're talking about uh, having fun, man, having fun. You can have fun and still strive to be better than you ever have been before, mm-hmm. as long as you can separate the frustration of a bad day or a bad shot from getting in the way of having fun, you know, because the frustration tends to bring your whole game down and also tends to bring down the folks playing with you. Yeah, it sure does. You know, you play with rain cloud and you know, nobody's having any fun. Yep. It's like, you know, we, we had a, a guy in our in our group of group of friends that that was his nickname, Rain Cloud. Rain Cloud. Okay, because you know it's just like nothing was ever good enough. He'd hit a decent shot and couldn't accept that it was decent, right? Mm-hmm. And he would always be it wasn't good, it wasn't great, it wasn't perfect. I'm like, dude, use the it's okay. Hey, not bad. Yeah, that was all right. I got away with it. You know, some of that kind of language never gets said by Rain Cloud. Yeah, they're always they're always looking at the downside every single time. Well, what is it that Brooke says all the time to her students? It's it that's good it, enough. It's good enough. Yeah, right. You know, it, interestingly enough, I got a a couple of gamblers that I work with, and you know, th- they'll hit one that's like a four out of five. Nothing fantastic, but still pretty good, right? Yeah. You know what they say? I can win with that. Yeah. If I know that's coming, nothing worse than that's coming, I can win with that. It could get better, but I can win with that. Gambler, like, right. <laughs> Gambler speak for that's good enough. It's good enough. Yeah. Right? And And that's important to know what's good enough for who you are. What's good enough that you can you can play 
and you can make something good happen from there. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I do this uh, this thing with an awful lot of my students. I give them this this strike quality scale of one to five, mm-hmm. where you know where a one is you struck it so poorly that you want to go home and puke on your shoes and kick the dog, right? <laughs> okay. Where, and five is at the other end of the spec spectrum where you're hitting it so well that you're thinking, why am I not playing golf on Sunday at Augusta? <laughs> okay. But a three is labeled as okay. Yeah. And two is bad and four is good, right? So what I do is I have people start to do this on the range. As soon as they hit it, they throw out the number before they even look at the flight because it's all about the strike. How well did you strike it? What it sounded like, what it felt like. Right, what it felt like because we all do that as golfers anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, when it's no good, if it's a one or a two, we're instantly reaching back into the, um, the excuse factory between our, uh, <laughs> yeah. between our rear pockets of our pants <laughs> and we pull out the excuse out of the excuse factory. Yeah. Oh, I did this or, oh, I did that. Or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Right. How about instead of that, just put out a number instantly where all of a sudden the focus becomes on the strike. And then you're hoping for a three or a four or a five. And all of a sudden, if you could do that in your, in your practice where you've leveled it off like a three, a four or a five, next thing you know, you'd be surprised at how many you have that are three or above. And now all of a sudden you can win with that. Mm-hmm. It's good enough. Yep. And if you get a, a, if you get a decent percentage of ones that are in that zone, boy, your mood's better. You're, you're, yeah decision about how well you're hitting the ball and what you feel of yourself as a golfer is all based around that feel of the strike anyway. Yep. Yeah, so that exactly. way you don't, you're not walking around, you're not even rain cloud on the driving range. You know, there are people who stand there on the range and yeah, they get exasperated. I'm like, Oh man, today's going to suck. Yeah, I know deep size and, yeah. and just the, the, the thought of complete exasperation is just really rough. Yep. It's fun. Keep it fun. Yes. Okay. And if you have to play the games with your head in your head, then by all means do that, you know, but first off, admit that you're not playing ever on Sunday at Augusta. Okay, yeah. so that's that's not something that to which you are, are your game is aspiring. Maybe being your club champion. Well, maybe, maybe doing well in the in the member guest. Maybe, maybe well, just beating the guys in your foursome every weekend. You know, and sometimes it's just a matter of maybe it's not the outcome. You know, maybe it's just. You just want to feel better about how you're doing. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not that you're winning the member guest or the flight in the member guest or whatever it is. Right. Maybe it's just, you just want to feel better about your golf. Yeah. Maybe that's the current goal. Yeah. Maybe you just want to be on the tee and, and have your teacher, your coach, whatever, walk by, not, not 
working with you directly, but just walk by, see you swing and go, hey, man, good shot. You know, you just want somebody who you respect their ability and and their game to recognize that yours is not so savvy at times. Yeah. You know, that's such not such a problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, look, I can do this to some degree. Uh-huh. You know, it's all right. I might not be on TV, but, uh, you know, this is this is all right in my life. Yeah. I mean, what what do you expect? What are your expectations when you get on the T? I mean, you know, the, the average score, we have discussed this before, the average score for those who want to play by every rule in that gosh darn thick USGA rule book, <laughs> even the stupid ones, the average score for those people is 105. What do you expect your score to be? Be realistic. You know, if the average score is 105 and you're going to play, play it down where it lies by the rules, damn it, just the way they invented it back in the 1500s. What do you expect your score to be? You're going to break 80? Is that realistic? Because you're not going to have fun if you think I'm going to break 70. I'm going to shoot 78 today. And your average is 94. Even if you have a great day and you shoot 85, you'll still be frustrated because it's not the 78 you were expecting. Keep it real, people. Yeah. Keep it real. You know? Man has to know his limitations. Now, is that Paul Newman or Kurt? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But I think it was... uh... Clint Eastwood? One of no, those two. No, I, I think it's the the Paul Newman movie. I think that was oh, cool, cool hand, hand cool hand look. I think so. Yeah, that was limitations, and I don't think that was Paul Newman yeah. saying that. I think it was the yeah the the, the jailer, the, the warden, prison guard there. Yeah, man's got uh, no limitations. Along with the what we have here is a failure to yeah, communicate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think Once again, a we digress. More of a nasal tone. <laughs> have yeah, yeah. failure to communicate. We got that right. Something along those lines. <laughs> you know, one one of the things that a lot of us do is we Eat play a lot of eggs. We a lot play of games. Eggs. <laughs> no, I'm getting back oh. to golf here, and I'm leaving the movies. Uh, okay. We play a lot of different games that may or may not involve, you know, benefits and losing money. Yeah. But I, I heard of a new, a new, not a new game per se, and and they've got a lot of them. the The one that really confuses me is Wolf. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I went to the Wolf Challenge, Fuzzy's Wolf Challenge, many many years consecutively, and I never understood what the game was. You know, whether one guy goes out on his own or everybody else goes out and follows him, or you know, I just I got so confused about it that I just said, eh, I don't know what's going on. But there are a lot of betting games, and I have heard of a twist to a betting game. Now, yeah. one of the things is a lot of us, a lot of us, when we set up a game, we will give ourselves kind of an almost golf rule, and that is a mulligan. You're not going to see the word mulligan in any USGA publication, okay? <laughs> But when we go out and play, especially if we, we get some money on the line, 
we're going to say, okay, one mulligan per side or one mulligan per hole or, you know, whatever. Does it have to be a tee shot mulligan? That's what I want to know. Can it be a mulligan chip? It can be any mulligan. mulligan it, it can be any shot. See, if, that's the kind of friendly game that I like. Yes. And I heard an, uh, of a twist to that. You give one mulligan per side or whatever, a mulligan per side. And then there's another thing called a Gilligan. And, oh. we'll, and we'll talk about Gilligans when we come right back. Hang out. We are those weekend golf guys. Well, of course, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and follow us. Like us, please. We've got a fun group for you to hang out with on Facebook. League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. JeffSmithGolfInstruction.com. Check them out. You know, you, you've got any questions. You've got any parts of your game that you think you should improve. Yeah, yeah send him a note. He's got ways you can improve in your living room, even if you're up in Boston right now, watching the multiple feet of snow gathering on your front porch. <laughs> He's got ways you can uh, work at getting better without venturing outside. And I'll even be happy to send you a picture of sunny South Florida just so you can um, dream. Just to to rub it in. No, no, just so they can dream about it. That's all. Okay, so we're talking about mulligans, right? Um, Yeah. Because whether or not they are part and parcel of the game, we all use them. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, some of us use them officially. Some of us, like, we, we set up a game if we're playing for money. We'll say you've got one mulligan per side or two or whatever the deal is, but you always set it up up front. I have heard also that people try to use the same amount of Gilligans that they have for mulligans. And I just heard this concept. You got to tell me. It is a great concept and it sounds like a lot of fun. You and I are playing. Okay. All right. And you hit a shot out of the fairway. That is absolutely gorgeous. Let's say you striped it. You're on a par five. You had a good drive, but you just striped this five wood and it sails and you get the roll and you hit and you roll up onto the green. Right. That's like a Marianne or a ginger, right? I can look at you and I can say, (laughs) Jeff, I want you to take that shot over. No. Yes. Yes. That's a Gilligan. The only, the only caveat to the Gilligan is that if the ball goes in the cup or hits the flagstick, you cannot call a Gilligan on that shot. Okay. But any other shot that you don't want your opponent to count, you can tell them it doesn't count, but you can only do it as often as agreed to prior to the start of the round. And it has to be the same number of Gilligans as Mulligans. That's fun. Isn't it? Yeah. It sounds like a terrifically fun thing to do. You could probably lose some friends over it, but you know, no, that was because it's for fun. You know, that that's I like that idea, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's gonna be a fun game, right? <laughs> it is. Mulligans and Gilligans. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a really interesting thing. Okay, so John, you've just hit the best drive that I've seen you hit. And I'm just going to throw it at you because I want to watch you do it again. Oh, yeah. You just say, John, that was the most fantastic drive you've ever done. 
Bet you can't do that twice in a row. <laughs> but you're going to have to. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. This yeah. would be one of those times. Oh, yeah. I know exactly <laughs> where I'd have you do it, too. I know exactly where I'd have you do it. It'd be the one where you walked off the thing, you hit the... You hit your drive, and all of a sudden, you start looking at the golf ball. It's perfect, and you know it. And then I watch you bend down and pick up your tee. <laughs> or yeah, you'd you wait for that. I would wait for that one. <laughs> yep. And I would say, I want to see you do that again. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then you're going to get out there, and you're going to look at me and go, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. it just, it just sounds like so much fun. I'm going to start instituting that among the, uh, oh, yeah. the weekly group. Thing. Somebody hinge and thumps one beautifully out of the bunker and they're so amazed. You're like, you're going to get to do that again. Yeah. I, I had one of those shots last year out of chariot run. They've got yep. this huge pot bunker in front of the green. And I hinged and thumped. And it flew out perfectly and it hit and it checked up and it rolled to about, I think about eight inches. And I tapped Ooh. in, but I would have really, really gotten upset. Had somebody said, Oh, great shot. Do that again. <laughs> I love that. It's so much fun to say that. Yeah. You get to do that again, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to do that again. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. You know, here's the fun part. I've got some people here at Benita that I'm going to introduce that game to. Okay. Or introduce them to this this game to them. I, how do I say that? I forgot it. I think yeah. I said it right. Anyway, I want to tell them about this game so they can go play it. And I'm going to say, here's, here's how I want that to happen, right? Yeah. Mulligans and Gilligans. Yeah. Just as many. I like that. Maybe yeah. you can shoot a little, little variation on that if you're feeling a little bit uh, little frisky, right? If you want to be tough on the other one. Maybe you get one mulligan and three Gilligans. Ooh. <laughs> no, that's, just, the, the that's Gilligans, just damn don't mean. The, don't the Gilligans go to the guy who says the, that you got to do it again? Let's say you've got one one mulligan and one Gilligan per side. Yeah. So, you know, if if you hit a really, really good shot and it looks like you're going to win the hole. Yeah. And I'd rather you didn't win the hole. I could I could take the chance that you couldn't repeat that shot as well and use my Gilligan on you at that point. But once I use it on you, then it's done. I no longer have that Gilligan until, you know, the next side. Oh, yeah. But do you understand the Wolf game? Can you explain that? Okay, so, you know, we used to play, there's different versions of it, but I think the basic game of Wolf looks like this. All right, four guys are playing. Right. And then they take turns teeing off, right? You go first, I'll go second, you go third, you go fourth, right? Right. On at every hole, right? Like you're you're teeing off first on hole number one, then you rotate through. Right. Okay. Now you tee off and you hit your shot. And if you love your shot so much so that you think you're in position that you can beat the rest of them, you're basically gonna say, I'm going alone, meaning I don't want a partner. Right. Okay. So I'm going lone wolf. So you play your ball period. And then all of a sudden the other three are now playing against you and you got to beat them all. Now, do they play their ball all the way in or you've made that decision, right? So you can't go back on it. Now the other three get to get up there and hit their shots and go after you. Right. Right. 
And then there's penalties for losing that wolf bet, right? Okay. Usually it's like you bet 10 bucks and you just lost 20, that kind of thing. Yeah. But here's the other thing. All right, you go up there, John, and you hit first and you think, ah, it's, it's okay. All right, it's a three on my five scale. It's an okay thing. You're going to not say I'm going to go alone. Right. You're not going to deem that you don't need a partner. You're not saying that. You're going to wait to see what I do next. And if I hit a career shot, you now have one opportunity to take me as a partner. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, partner, I love that shot. Let's go get him. And the other two are now playing against us. Okay. But if I hit a shot and you don't want me as your partner, you're going to shut your mouth. And the next guy comes up and you got one chance to have him as a partner. You'll see what he did. Right. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you choose him. And then the other two have decided, right? The other two teams, right. the teams have been decided. Or if you let that guy alone, you pretty well are going to watch that fourth guy, that last guy hit. And let's just say that the three of us hit and you're not in love with any of them and you don't choose a partner. Now, effectively, you're going to go, looks like I'm going by myself, boys. Okay. Right. Or you're going to pick the last guy. Yeah. It's the middle two that you gave up your opportunity on. I got you. Right. Now to those, if, if one goes lone, do the other three play their own ball all the way in or do they yeah, play that's as a scramble? It yeah. It's not like it's well, some people do it that way. Right. Okay. But going, look, if you've got a pro in the field, right. In the foursome, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll go it alone against the three scrambling. Okay. Which that boy better be pretty good. Let me tell you, because three amateur scrambling can usually pull off a par. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you better be thinking I'm going to make a birdie. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't sound as complicated as I had originally thought. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool then. And and there are a lot more games, but the, the addition of the Gilligan into any type of gambling situation on the golf course can make a huge difference in the outcome. It just sounds like such a cool thing to start using. It's great. Yeah. It's just that way. You know, that that's a good game. I like the sound of that thing, right? Yeah. There's other games that people play, you know, they got all kinds of fun little things, you know, they're talking about, you know, sometimes it's a birdies or nothing game that I, I get into with something like we're only counting how many birdies you made. That's it. It doesn't oh, matter okay. what else happens. Right. Huh. So there's, Okay. There's just this, there's different games that people play, right? Where here it is, you're out there playing against somebody and nothing makes any difference. You're not writing down any scores. You're just counting the number of birdies made. Right. And that's that kind of game. It gives you something to shoot for. The net birdie. Yeah. Right. But think about that. If you're a handicap player, John, you got a 12 handicap today. You got 12 shots at birdie, don't you? Net birdie. Yeah. Right. Right away, you know you're getting 12 blows. You yep. know what holes they're coming on. Why don't you play a net birdie game? Okay. Yeah. How many of those can you pull off, right? That makes sense. We'll I talk a little bit more I got about a buddy how to play. Who's got 22 handicap. He plays that game all the time. Go figure. I, I can imagine. <laughs> he, he's no fool. We got more. Hang on. We'll be right back. We are all those weekend golf guys.
Well, of course, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash golfguys. Go there and follow us, like us, please. And we are back for moments yet today. Uh, I'm John Ashton. He is Top 100 teacher Jeff Smith. We are those weekend golf guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. And, uh, you know, you can catch a whole bunch of stuff. We've got like 382 episodes, I think, in the can at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. It is a lot, man. We've been doing this for forever, it seems. But we're having a good time doing it. Hey, you were on a podcast about a month ago. On uh, Chris Mascaro's podcast called On the Next on the Mm T. It's a good podcast. It is. Really good guests. That's what he does. He has guests on his show all the time. And he investigates the the guest a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he sniffs it all out. You know, like he checks me out, knows my history, sends me some questions beforehand. It's almost like he's done this before. Which is, you know, we've done this before, but the theme of our show is we're just going to yak. But his, yeah. he just lobs out a question and let his guest do the talking and fills up the airtime. He's heard our podcast, by the way, he loves it. He's been on it. Yeah. And he's like, this is fantastic. He told me on the on our show and after, he's like, you guys sound like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, we sure do. are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, how, how better like, to prove that golf is fun than than by having fun talking about golf? Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, he asked me, he goes, how do you guys come up with the topics that you're talking about? I'm like, um, we put painstaking thought into every word, into every sentence. <laughs> he did the laughing that you're doing too. <laughs> or we just start recording and go, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, let's just go and see what happens. Yeah. He's got a great show and and we love Chris. However, he didn't get named the best golf show in the United States this past month for the year 2024. We did. Just wanted to point that out. Chris, Look, we love hey, you, buddy, but you know. Hey, let's <laughs> let's give compliments where compliments are due. He's got a great show. He does, man. If you're not he listening does. to our show, you ought to be listening to his. Yeah. And if you're uh, listening to his show, you still ought to be listening to ours. Yes. <laughs> I met another guy too, does a podcast out of uh St. Simon's Island. Yep. Um, the back nine boys. Uh huh. He was, he's a great guy. Former radio dude. Didn't start playing golf until he was in his late 30s. And he interviews um, basically classic guys Gary Player and you know, Jack Nicholas and, and interviewed the guy who introduced. Who wouldn't touch our show with a 10 foot pole? That's <laughs> <laughs> right. And Harry Kowalski, a 10 foot pole, wouldn't touch it either. So there you go. <laughs> Um, but I mean, there's just a lot of good shows around and, and we, we love all of them. And Chris is, is one of the best guys. Hey, you know, who else has got a, a great show? Friend of the show here, friend of our show, mm-hmm. who's also got a great show is a Dew Sweeper podcast with Tony oh, Ruggiero. Yeah, Tony Ruggiero. Yes. Yeah. He's good. But you boy, know. what a great teacher that guy is. Wow. Yes, indeed. In yeah. fact, we re-ran the episode you did with him. You recorded it last year, 2022 during the PGA show. Yeah, and we ran reran it this year during the PGA show back the last uh, last week of January, I believe January twenty ninth or twenty eighth, whatever the Sunday was. I like that guy. He could he could teach his way out of a wet paper bag. That is for sure. Yeah, and he has a lot of pros. Sure he coaches. Does. Well, it's because he's he's good at he's good at drawing the best out of a, a talented player. Mm. Right. He's got people that come to him that have a great set of skills already. And he does a wonderful job of getting them to produce their best. He's, he's good at his, he's good at his game, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. There he is. 
You can tell that just by listening. Listen to the show. It was back the end of January um, this past uh, 2023. Uh, Tony Ruggiero. Yeah. And his his is the Do Sweeper podcast. If you can overlook the fact of the Cajun accent, you'll be fine. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Speaking of somebody else who's a friend of the show that's got a um, uh, an accent, um, he's also down from the bayou. Um, mm-hmm. We've had him on the show three or four times now, uh, yeah. Mr. Brian Manzella. Yeah. It's, it's an yeah. interesting blend of Italian and Cajun sound. Yeah, it's what happens when you take a, a, an Italian from New York City and transplant him down to Louisiana for most of his life? What happens yeah. then? It's the crazy. Ad- it sounds like Brian Manzella. That's what yeah, it is. That's what happens. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you know, he used to spend a lot of time in Louisville. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's, uh, you know, there, there was a lot going on. Uh, he and um, Chris Hamburger used to spend a lot of time together. And Chris mm-hmm. was a, the head pro at Valhalla for a while. Yeah. I don't know if he's still doing doing that. I, I'm not, I've not followed his his career much, but Chris is a, a highly respected golf professional in the Louisville area. Just as an aside, what what what's with the affinity that Valhalla has with pros with food names? I don't know. Right, Tony Pancake was, there for a while. Yeah, was, then they got Chris Hamburger. Yeah, Chris Hamburger was there. Tony Pancake was there. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess we change our name to Pizza. We got the job. <laughs> Right. Speaking of which, guys, are, are anybody planning on a trip to Valhalla this May for the PGA Championship? I'm not planning on it. Okay. I'm not well, planning. if you are, look us up because Jeff won't be there. But Intrepid Producer Mark and I will be there. And anybody else we can convince to come along with us and, and run interference <laughs> in case security sees us. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we will be there along with our buddy Frank from um, Golf Talk America, and uh, you know I don't I don't really care about broadcasting and interviewing and all that stuff at the PGA Championship. I just want to sit there and watch in awe. Uh, Valhalla is a wonderful golf course. I played it once. It was the media day for the last time the PGA Championship was in town. Other than that, whenever I drive by the front gates, they usually close. Hopefully I can get invited is, to the. Is that because they know your car? And they, they know my car. They see me coming. <laughs> guys out there and they get the cameras going. It's like, here he comes down the road. Push the button. Push Just the button. in case. Get that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no comprende. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's going to be a great time. And and I got to tell you, I am in Louisville, Kentucky. And we have had, this will be the third PGA championship. We had a senior PGA championship and we had the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And Boy, the Ryder Cup was really exciting there. Remember that Anthony Kim was on that team? Yeah. 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 That was a long time ago. It was. Wow. It was 96, wasn't it? No. John, you had like, you had dark hair at the time. <laughs> 96 <laughs> is 30 years ago. <laughs> to the math, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I think it was 2006 or something. I can't something. remember. What. Yeah. Yeah. And then Paul Azinger was the, was the captain and he has, he has never bought a drink since in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> okay. I bet not. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks in there and everybody's like, oh yeah, here he goes again. Let's bring yeah. it to. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, it's a great time. It's a great, it's a great town, especially for uh, sports. Love, love our sports and support professional golf big time. And Valhalla is one heck of a course. It's beautiful. 
majestic and tough. Real tough. It is really tough, right? I played there one time and uh, there's, it's fun. I mean, it's a fun golf course, but man, I played from the normal human tees, you Mm -hmm. know, otherwise known as like 6750 in yardage. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. normal human guy length, right? Right. Yeah. I'll tell you, I had some challenging shots. Yeah. There's some tee shots that I had to really get on in order to get, get home in two. Mm-hmm. The angles of some of those fairways, man. You like, I think I remember the second hole where you had to hit it over an awful lot of gunch. Yes, you do. And, uh, I managed to get it in that fairway, but the angle I had in left me a long, long way. I can't remember that. That might be a par five. I think anyways, it is. Yeah. I remember that hole. And then I remember that one with that Island green with those rocks all around it. Mm-hmm. And when you hit, went downhill all the way to the island what, green. Hitting hitting a high soft landing spinning shot to hold that green off a downslope is not the easiest shot I've ever played. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Putting right? it mildly. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, this if again, just let us know if you're planning a trip in. We can uh, you know, maybe get together and uh you're gonna be in town for a couple of days. We could play some golf somewhere. Not Valhalla, because they're going to be a little busy, but there are plenty of other beautiful golf courses around this town. And, um, you know, we can go, go over to Fuzzy's Place or even some yeah. of the city courses in, in Louisville are great courses, man. They really are. So You know, I, I haven't played but two places in Louisville. And uh, I played Persimmon Ridge, which mm-hmm. is hard. Yes. It's a good piece of property. Wow. Yes. I think our friend uh, Craig Hebert is. Uh, I think his management company is running that, or has ran it, or something. I don't know if he owns it or what. Yeah, and, uh, and along with um, Oxmoor and uh, yeah. Polo Fields, Polo it's Fields, a, yeah. it's a threesome now. You join one, you get all three. Yeah. So I'm thinking about seriously doing that. I want you to seriously think about being here every week. I want you to seriously think about checking out jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com and look at all the stuff we've got for you at thoseweekendgolfguys.com because whether you want to just learn some tips, some tricks, you want to hear a little bit of fun, some ideas, all right? Remember the Gilligan. It's going to add a lot of fun to your rounds the next time you go out and play some golf.